Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Ancestral Eyes. Here we are tonight. I would love to welcome our guest tonight, a true Tuvan shamaness, straight from Tuva. And her name is Larissa Urzak Koronovsky. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, Larissa Shamanish Chokbar. Welcome to our show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Hello. John Jerome, I'm going to let you say hello and welcome to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Buddha Boy, and welcome to everybody who's listening and tuning in from different parts of the world. We're very happy to have Larissa Orshakoronowski with us, uh, Shamanish Chokbar. And we're in for a very interesting. Uh, show this evening. <laughs> yes, I can't wait to get started. I look forward to this all week. I look forward to all the shows. And I know a few people are just specifically tuning in for this. Okay. They're just pumped and they're excited as I am. So I'm going to start off right away with my first question. So now I'm going to ask your name. Chokbar is a spiritual name. Could you give us a little bit of detail how you came upon getting this name and what it means? Sure. Thank you for the question. Hello to everyone again. Uh, so, Shamanes Chokbar. Chokbar is my spiritual name, right? And yes. so when my non-physical spiritual teacher appeared, he and other... Um, spirits who were working with me they started to call me and address each sentence with the words shamaness chokbar yes chokbar uh, consists of two two one words chok means no or not to have or emptiness or void and uh -huh. means to the appearance of something, to have something, yes, or fullness. So as my non-physical spiritual teacher says that in my name, there is a formula of creation of everything in this universe. Because before uh, something, before you could have something, you have to have a period of nothing not to have not having it and that Absolutely. is what secures the second part and he says that the first part not having it the emptiness the void is more important than the second absolutely i totally can relate to that it's it's like your name and you you as a spirit and your spirits coming from the void to be able to create you you as the shamanist chokbar. So from nothing comes something. And so I welcome you. I love that. I think it's a wonderful explanation. And it's interesting that all your spirits were on board to actually bring forth this name of yours. So I think that's that's quite important to, to note here. Now, what I'm going to... I'm going to ask you just your basic because some people don't know the entire geography of uh, Russia, of Siberia. So I'm going to ask, where is Tuva in 
in regards to Siberia, okay? And I know it's, it's, it's a remote part of Siberia. So if you could just give us a, a, like the population roughly and where it is in relation to uh, Siberia. So Republic of Tuva belongs uh, since 1944 to the Russian Federation. Um, and it is located in the Asian part of Russia because Russia has two parts. It's so big, has European part and Asian right. part. And that is divided by the Ural Mountains. And um, Tuva is located at the geographical center of Asia. Uh, okay. so the center of Asia and it is um, surrounded by the mountains and it is um, we still have no railroad. The population wow. is only a little bit over 300,000. Wow. And the square mileage is, if I'm not mistaken, something like about 68,000. From, from where? 68,000. Geographical, um, the size of Tuva. So the size oh, is very oh, big. Oh, okay. And the population wow. is very, very small. Okay. So it's, I, and I gather from like when I, I looked it up on, um, on a map of uh, Siberia, you said it's surrounded by mountains and it's the Ural Mountains, right? Because I think it's... Cyan Mountains. Oh, Cyan Mountains. Okay. So you have also the diversity in regards to um, the, the topography of the land. Mm -hmm. You've got mountains, you've got flat lands, you've got mm -hmm. even deserts. Can you tell me a little bit about the topography and how diversified Tuva really is? Yes, so exactly. So Tuva is a very, very diverse uh, with their zones. Uh, like as you said, we have taiga, we have forest, we have steppes, we have um, mountains, uh, we have lots of lots of uh, lakes, um, and yeah. so like to the degree that we have reindeers in the north of Tuva, and we have camels in the south. Wow, that's that's amazing. Like when you think about that, so no wonder you've got like you you have four seasons and being a shaman, obviously you have all of that at your disposal and for you to communicate with, right? Mm -hmm. So you really get a sense of that. So to get to Tuva, like describe to me, like if you, where do you live right now and how long does it take you to go from where you are now back home to Tuva? Uh, right now, I live right next to New York City in the United States. And to get to, to see my parents, to go back home, uh, which I go every year for prolonged periods of times. So it, from New York City, there is a flight to Moscow. Uh, right. Uh, about 10 hours. And then there is a, you change the, flight and you take another flight from Moscow to Abakan, which is the capital of a next nearby republic. Um, and that's about five hours. And then uh -huh. you get uh, in a car or a taxi. Um, yeah. And then it's about five hours driving through the mountains to Brazil. 
Wow. And so Kazil is the capital then of Tuva? Yes, Kazil is the capital of the Republic of Tuva. Okay. Do you ever have your family come pick you up at uh, the Moscow airport? No, uh, no Moscow, but Abakan, yes. So they Abakan. drive okay. mountains to pick me up. Okay. All right. So then you get, I, I know when we were talking privately before yes. the show, you get to see all of this and, and you were saying that um, it's almost better to take the long drive as opposed to Yes, because right now a direct flight, right? Flight from Moscow to Brazil. Yes, it's a, it's a smaller plane, and it's not allowing as big of a luggage compared yes. to more bigger planes. So, and I always have lots of luggage, so I prefer you know to take that longer way. Uh, not only for that reason, but because the ride through the mountains is scenic, is absolutely fantastic. It must be beautiful. I know I've seen some of your pictures on your own uh, private uh, Facebook, and I love it. I love seeing the different pictures. And that's what gave me the impression that it was so diverse in the geography and the topography. Everything from I see forests and I see, you know, like slight sloping hills. And, and so and then all of a sudden I see you on this mountain and it's like bare, completely bare behind you. And, and there you are, you know, you're doing your drumming and, and stuff like that. It's just gorgeous. It really is. And I know I've asked you this before, so I'm just going to ask you, in relation to Lake ba Baikal, how far are you from Lake Baikal, like Tuva is? Um, it is, if I think, if I'm not mistaken, because that's where I studied languages at uh, Irkutsk, which is the city next to the Baikal Lake. And, right. Um, it is two hours by plane from Kazil. There are planes that go from Kazil to Irkutsk. And okay. two, maybe two and a half, the most. Okay. So were you educated then in, how do you pronounce it? Irkut. Irkutsk. Yes. Were you educated there? Did you have to go to school there, or did you yes. have have school in Tuva? I went to Irkutsk next to the Baikal Lake because I wanted to study languages, and so I studied linguistics. Oh, great! Awesome. Okay, so now I'm going to dive into the more of the spiritual stuff. So we get a, we get an idea of exactly where Tuva is in relation to everything. Um, now, with regards to the type of shamanism, the Tuvan shamanism, um, kind of like comparing it to the other forms of shamanism, if I can, if I can say that, to other forms in Siberia. Um, what is what is distinct about Tuvan shamanism as opposed to other parts of uh, Siberia or other parts of Russia? Um, I would like to say that it's not correct to compare because everyone right. has their, their shamans and their traditions. Um, but I would say, like, if I would try to, you know, say something about that, that I would say that tradition did not break, the shamanic tradition did not break, and I would say for the population in Tuva there are more shamans. Okay, you know, okay. Right. Now, I'm, 
when you said that the traditions didn't break, because I know at one point the the Russian government had pretty well come in and, and obliterated all yeah. the shamans throughout yeah. Russia. Yeah. And in regards to Tuva, do you think because of the location of where Tuva was and a little bit more isolated, was it harder for them to 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 basically kill the shamans? Uh, no, they actually came to Tuva as well, and they were. Um, there is a there is a title right now these days, Supreme um, Shaman of Tuva. There, there is such a title. Right. There is a, such a shaman, and there is a title Supreme Shaman of Russia, which started last year because it was an election, and he so Tuvan Shaman was elected to be Supreme Shaman of Russian Federation. And so, wow. um, so he is, I believe, in his 70s, probably. So he uh -huh. um, says, uh, you know, he is very much into, he always talks about repressions. He always talks about how horrible that was. Um, right. Because, right. Uh, because he was, uh, you know, he, he, was, he was young. He was very young when it was happening. And so he said that once the, the story is that um, he says, he, he told the story that they put all of the shamans in barracks, in a barrack, mm -hmm. and, put it, Bar on in, yeah. and put it on fire to burn them. And when oh. he came back, um, there was still some, several shamans who stayed alive through the fire. And around those people, there was um big ice ice pieces wow imagine that ice so pieces all uh understanding so uh, all other shamans were burnt alive and only several shamans stayed alive and around them there was ice cubes and wow ice cubes there was um I believe, if I'm not mistaken, grandmother of that shaman who is a supreme right now. So that's his direct. Uh, wow. So that, now, how do you think that it's possible? What? Wow. No kidding. You know, it, it's just like divine providence coming, yeah. you know, the in spirit, full fruition. The spirits came and saved those shamans. Definitely. Yeah. Now, my impression of of Tuvan shamanism is it's very um, it's it's open to women as well as to men. Now we were having a discussion about that privately. That I want you to to to, to tell us the story about that about what the 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 original shaman was. Uh, well, it is believed that the original shaman was a woman shamaness um, and. So it's not even like in Tuva, this is not even like never, you are actually the first person who ever said something about that. So like in Tuva or in Russia in general, this subject is not discussed because it, it's like, it's very common it's, for women to be- It's accepted. It's totally accepted. Yes. And see, I think maybe here in Western society, we look to um, shamanism and we see more males in shamanism mm -hmm. and and the way they're dressed mm -hmm. you know you were you were saying in regards to um 
the the well before we get into the into the other question that I wanted to ask you right I want to also say the one thing that I notice about Tuvan shamanism is the throat singing mm -hmm. is that really sort of something that is very um, pronounced or indicative of Tuvan shamanism is the throat singing um Tuvan shamanism, or sh not related to Tuvan throat singing, but it's the oh. but they are they are two cultural phenomena. So, okay, tell us so, about that. So, throat singing is uh, you know it's phenomenal, and um, yeah. it's considered how it came through, like how it originated. It's considered to those nomads when they were in the nature, they were uh -huh. starting to imitate the nature. Because and it is considered that the spirits help them to make those sounds. Okay. Um, and shamanism, um, like during any type of a ceremony, ritual, or sessions, right? Healing sessions. There is a if if the person already had that ability to throat sing, there is a they start singing. And right. Whoever doesn't have that ability to sing, um, just can't sing that, but they still make some sounds. Okay. So, in other words, in Tuvan shamanism, is there um, each shaman has their own specific um, ritual and working that they, they do to help their community? Like, do we have people that do bone setting? Um, are there healers? Are there other ones that just sing to keep the, mm -hmm. the ritual going? How, how do they, how uh, do so they integrate? Shamans are very, very diverse. And the common mm -hmm. conception, I would say, in Western uh, world that, um, that all shamans are equal. Like they think, like if you're a shaman, then you know they, they are pretty much all the same. Uh, but right. it's not, not the same at all, right? Because who a shaman becomes uh, as the spirits um, uh, enter the, the shaman's consciousness vastly depends on who that person was before spirits entered, which means that let's say someone who was, and I know those kind of shamans, so like someone who was a dancer, like a, like a, literally a dancer, performer, if they become a shaman, then they are like performing even more. So they are really like okay. you know, magnificent. And right. somebody who was a, a throat singer and then he becomes a shaman, then of course he is, you know, even more enhanced. And so, okay. so if somebody, so it really depends who that person was and, but, most shamans uh, are able to do all whole gamut of things. It's just that the, the, there is specialization just simply because they are gravitating themselves more to something. And then oh, okay. and they have uh, great, great success with that. For instance, my um, no, the shaman that recognized me as a shaman when I was... Um, uh, young, right? So who told me that uh, the spirits of my ancestors came to him and told me, uh, told him that I'm a shaman. He was very like exceptional healer. So he was um, he was a bone setter, but he was also doing like any uh, kind of healing. And some okay. shamans are specializing mostly on divination. 
Okay. Because somehow the spirits that work with them really like that. Right. So, and some uh, some shamans are very good at um, um, ceremonies and rituals because the, the spirits that work with them really like that. Right. Now we have a our one of our guests, um, Melvin. Melvin. I love Melvin. Melvin always has the best questions, okay? Very and thoughtful. This, very this, thoughtful in his questions. Yes, and his question is actually going to lead into my third question um, in regards to what he is. I'm just going to read it out, what, sure. he's, what he's asking. Is it a choice to become a shaman, or is it a system where a person has to be chosen by an elder shaman or something more spiritual? Which leads to my question. Um, in regards to who is your spiritual teacher and how did you get initiated? So it really leads into what Melvin had asked. Could you could you elaborate on that for us? Uh, in uh, traditional uh, society, shamanic society, which what Tuva is, right? Nobody yes. ever, ever, ever in their right mind would choose to be a shaman. It's impossible. <laughs> it's not possible because it is... People fear it. Like it's like a plan. People are afraid of uh, all of this very much. So um, because it's very, it's a big honor, uh, right. but it is a very heavy duty work. So right. it's work on all uh, all kinds of levels. So a person cannot uh, choose to become a shaman, and because that depends the you know the saying that the definition of a shaman is someone who has the spirits who attach right. to that person consciousness and that what makes the person a shaman so just the desire to be a shaman and going to study you know take courses in shamanism not going to make a person a shaman and no. so in my case um you can't you you know, like you can't be chosen by the elder, elder shaman either, but elder shaman, which in my case happened, could um, recognize you, uh, right. who would recognize you as a shaman. And when he told me that the spirits of my ancestors came and told him that I am a shaman, I not to say that I did not believe it, uh, yeah. to say nothing, like I, because I could not understand how what how did he know uh, how did he know no, no he um because the spirits of my ancestors yeah since he was a shaman because since then he transitioned and actually uh, i want to say that he was such an uh, um, famous he was not only good he was extremely famous um even his robe shamanic robe uh was in display in our museum to the national museum so it was wow. like, and he was when I was I was also working at the government of the Republic of Tuva for some time, and when I was working there uh, at the Ministry of National Policy, Regional and International Affairs, uh, was a day it was Thursday, and it was a, a room where people from government, you know, employed him to, uh, you know, so that they could come and see him because he had a line of people uh, starting lifeline um, at night. 
in the middle of the night, people would stand in line to get to him for a session. Wow. And, uh, wow. and so he helped me as well. He healed me um, from a condition with just moving his hands around me and the condition that the doctors told me to ha uh, that I need the operation uh, resolved itself the same day. The same day. Shamanism is such a fascinating subject because it really oh does things that is hard to believe with our logical mind. And so, I, yeah. So I he, totally, totally understand that. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah, so he um, he he then invited me uh, to be his interpreter in Germany because at that moment I spoke very good German. And when I traveled with him and I was interpreting when people would come in for a session, I would interpret from German to Russian and then back and forth. And then um, after th third day, he told me that the spirits of my ancestors who were shamans came to him and told him that I am a shaman and that I need to, that he needs to do a ritual for me right. to connect me to them so that I could do the kind of work he does. And when he said that, I was like, no, this is a big mistake. I am not a shaman. I can't possibly even like do what you do. Uh, that's not, uh, I said, it's, not, I, it's a mistake. And um, yeah. I did not believe him. And yeah. then he said that again, like in three months uh, after we already came back. And again, I didn't believe him. And only the third time he said, because he said, when do you want to do the ritual? Connect what I could do, what he does. And uh, the third time he said, did, did you tell your parents? I said, no. Because I, I so did not believe that I did not tell anyone because I did not take it seriously. Like I thought this right. is right. Um, yeah. And specifically because I also was very sick as a child. And a lot of times I, you know, I spent at the hospitals for a lot of times in my life. So to think that I could help heal someone just make no, made no sense to me at, at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I told my parents, uh, because he asked me to call upon my family, and they told me, until that day, I did not know that on both sides, the grandfather of my father was a shaman, and his uh, and grandmother uh, of my father was a shamaness. And on my wow. mother's side, her grandfather, her, her father's grandfather was a shaman too. I didn't, to that day, I didn't know that because it was, it was, they were hiding. Because of the wow. depression, right. people were hiding. Right. Whoever was in family that was a shaman, people were not telling anyone. Right. They wanted to keep it to themselves because obviously they didn't want to be, you know, they killed were, by the yeah. government at the time, right? So yeah. they kept it quiet. They kept, they were afraid, uh, even when um, I became a shaman, an awakened shaman, because now that I understand that a person who's supposed to become a shaman is always a shaman, even before the initiation, since the, since the birth. Yeah, and right. it was that I did not recognize that all my intuition, like I thought it just, I have a good intuition, like I thought. And yeah. people thought I have a, like she has a good intuition because, Everything I say comes through. 
So right. and family thought that I have very strong, like a core. They knew that I can't be persuaded into anything. Like they can't right. be swayed into this way or that, but I was right. very, very strong. Right. Very um, strong-minded, right. Very, very strong-minded, yes. Uh, and um, so they were afraid after, this is already these days, right? So this is already no repression. They were still afraid to tell people that I became a shaman. Really? Yes. Because of because of how strong of a personality yes. you are, and that some people would fear that energy, or no, because they were uh, there is the fear of other people knowing that their daughter is now a shaman. The fear uh, that was like in the bones, to to uh, you know because they were repression, right? Right, right. That I would be uh, killed. And I myself was also afraid to tell people that I'm a shaman. It's very deep. The fear to let people know is very deep. Wow. So, so your fear was still ingrained from what had happened in the past. Yeah. And you, your fear was that somehow you would be killed by someone or was it the fear of the, the spirit somehow putting you in danger? Uh, what First of all, spirits do put you in danger as well, but uh, to make you a shaman, uh, there is a definitely... Absolutely. You know, uh, yes. Uh, but I was afraid that, yes, that I will be persecuted because I am became so different, that I'm no longer a human being in a, in a way that other people are who are not shamans. Right. Okay. Because being okay. Common, being Interesting. Common. So give me one sec. I'm just going to adjust my phone here. Sorry, because my battery is running low. Because, okay. Sorry. It's like a different race. It's like a, a, once a person is a true, authentic shaman, true, authentic shaman, uh -huh. it is like a different race. There is, there is a, it's not like a, Oh, now uh, she's doing this. No, it's, it changes entire structure of the brain, entire structure of the consciousness. And person becomes less and less human as they go. The older the shaman is, the less human they are. Wow. So, so in other words, you really... You're part of this world and you're part of that other world where all the spirits and the other spirits of the shamans are as well. Am I correct in believing that? Uh, imagine uh, if someone is connected at all times to someone who is not human, meaning that um, they are not alive. They don't have physical body. And that person is connected at all times and then does also work for others. So the percentage of time when they are not in the ordinary state of consciousness is very high. So, and, um, you know, because of such a deep, so shaman is the one who has deeper connections with uh, non-physical beings than the physical. So absolutely. So then you can't help that that you know like you your way of thinking changes very very much because you no longer um, view things the same way 
you viewed before the spirits uh, came okay. and yeah, you're no longer right. like them. <laughs> so it's it's like your ancestral spirits take over, like in our tradition and in how I believe it to be, and how Jean Jerome sees it. Mm -hmm. This is your. Um, now we we did talk about your your non physical teacher, as you put it. The original ones were female. It, am I correct? And then can you tell me the story? And then all of a sudden, it was this other teacher that had come. The initiation happens uh, to to each shaman through ancestral only through ancestral spirits, because right. that, that has Absolutely. to be like the bloodline. Uh, so right. And in the first uh, spirits who I was able to feel at first in my meditations and then see and hear were ancestral shamans on both sides. And I, I were able to hear their names, the Tuban names. And I never heard their names before. I never knew. And then I called my parents and I asked, who are those? What are those names? And then right. they told me that that's the name of the shaman that was on my father's side and the shaman that was on my mother's side. So they were the ones who initiated because without their bloodline, it cannot happen. And then yeah. um, once they initiated, they were uh, the initiation process, the very first one, because in shamanism, there are, initi there are endless initiation uh, initiations. And in, first, in fact, um, I would uh, the, the first initiation is nine physical years. The first initiation is nine years physical years of life. Um, wow! Like the 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 first um, period where they started doing four rituals for me, so that I the first ritual that they did for me was so that I remember that I am a shaman. Because I did not, not only remember that I am a shaman, I was refusing to believe that I am a shaman. Right. I, right. I was so afraid of it. I was afraid of the whole thing. I had very big fear for shamanism. Um, and so, and that first ritual lasted two nights because I was so resistant to remember. I didn't want to remember <laughs> because I, I, you know, it's, um, I wanted to have my normal life. I wanted right. to be a normal woman, you know, um, like I wanted to be normal. And, uh, so, right. So then the, during so the, life change. Hmm? No, go ahead. Go ahead. So no. life changed for you. Definitely. After the initiation, day and night, there is no comparison wow. because before, see, like when you are a normal person, you have to deal only with what you see. Like you, you have to learn how to, you know, get along with people, right? Who you see in the physical reality. So you, you see Absolutely. them. Like you need to learn how to get along with people, and. Um, then suddenly this whole world, worlds, realities, all these beings become visible and hearable to you. And you like go, what? And then you have to uh, learn how to deal with all of them. That's a lot. To integrate them. 
to to integrate them with yourself and the world, right? No, to to establish a relationship. Oh, right. It's okay. Personal relationships. It's not. It's not. It's not esoteric. It's not symbolic. It's re- literal relationships. Like for instance, I have uh, three theories. I know it's gonna sound funny. So no, like, no, no. Okay, so there are no? three theories, right? So you're, you're talking to the right audience here. Okay, so yes, okay. yes. So, so when I first, uh, when I first started to see the spiritual reality, those three theories appeared, and I, I never saw theories before, and I, I recognized that they might be theories because they have those wings, those beautiful long hair, and you know they're all this like you know so beautiful, and they. You know, I was. They started talking to me and saying that they want to have, that they want to work with me on a contract-like base, and I was like, "What? Like, who are you? Like, what are you gonna do with me? Like, I don't get it." So, and they explained what they're gonna do, and um, ever since then, every single session that I do, they are with me. So it's a personal relationship. There is, right. like, there is one specific norm, one norm that helps me with each, um, like, uh, fire ceremonies that I do outside. So there is one, like, it, it's not others, like, you know, I could contact others, but there is one that is always with me, who is, um, uh, it's like a team. And so there is right. all the other members with whom you have, uh, specific relationships, yes, and so a shaman is someone who uh, has this team that it's not just changes all the time. It's you could right. contact with other beings, and you could do, you know do like like in physical reality. I could have my you know my team or my friends, but I could you know go somewhere else and meet somebody else. It's the same, but still your main uh, true teams are uh, the same. Okay. Oh, wow. So And the longer the, now, shaman, the shaman, the bigger is the team. So the older the shaman is, the better it is. Right, right. So the more allies, the more spiritual allies you accumulate yes. as you go through time and the ones that need to work with you, right? The ones so, that have a strong relationship. It's a relationship. Okay. Now you give my you. It's a it's a very exchange like. They don't work for any like for free. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, they don't. They want something from you, right? And you have to. It's a yeah. give and take, right? No, exactly. for sure. Give them also. Okay. Now I just want to also mention, since you said you also come from a family, a lineage, like a family mm-hmm. of shamans. Your sister is also a shaman, and I, I posted something on Ancestral Eyes to, um, to advertise for your sister because she's also a shaman. Now, how did that, how did your parents take that? Now, two of their daughters are both shamans. Like, what was that? Uh, Keep going. I'll be right back. Keep going. Sure. Okay. My, um, my sister is 12 years younger than me. And so, okay. uh, and she um, only recently became a shaman. Recently, I don't know, like a year, year and a half, something like that, or even two years right now. Can't tell. Right. 
um so uh, she was um you know she was initiated as well so she uh it just happens in it's i'm very happy that this happened because now she helps me with the things and i help her with the things so like we are i have someone who understands what what right. how it is what it feels like you know right uh, so i'm very happy that my sister is or became a shaman as well my parents of course at first that was a big shock for them right i could imagine Yes, because they only have two daughters, right? And so that's their, you know, their children. And they hope that if I am not normal, so hopefully the second one, that you know, younger one will be normal. Turns out no. They're also very honored because it is a great honor. Right. But they know. Obviously. But they see how hard that is. They see the more than average person the inside of it so right the struggles that yeah. that you have to overcome in order to be a shamaness yeah. so um oh, we have a question here from father fred ashmead one of our uh, former guests on our show mm -hmm. um his question is are shamans permitted to officiate weddings for couples and do other societal customs um Yes, so shamans uh, at the weddings, it's uh, how you call it, uh, so to offici uh, to officiate. So they don't officiate. They do blessing ceremony. So at the wedding, okay. shamans could do blessing ceremony. Uh, but what's even more common is when people make their transition into non-physical, then uh, shamans are invited uh, to to help the uh, soul to transition uh, easier at and you know to the right place so to speak, and to know if they need something if they need something more from their family or not. So it's even more accustomed to when you know funerals and all of that. So it's connected. To right. Something. So right. So let me, okay. Let me, so they do. So let me ask you a question. Go ahead, John Jerome. On that vein. Uh, I have been, there are many things that, as you've been talking, I've been making notes or things that drawing parallels between Ifa, Orisa, mm -hmm. and even Modun and uh, the, your, your shamanistic tradition. But one question. So, for instance, let's start with this one. Mm -hmm. uh, Father Ashmeen introduced an, inter uh, an interesting sort of angle or, or part. Since a shaman is, is linked through your ancestral spiritual guide mm -hmm. and your family of spirits that work with you. Which is very similar to to Ifa Risa, where uh, Ifa uh, Babala works with Ifa, which is you know basically the, the the divinity of wisdom and divination. But he also works with a, a slew of divinities and and also ancestors and spirits that support his work. And to which, as you said, it's a relationship you build. It's it's a relationship of offering, of you know maintaining a symbiotic relationship of support. Uh, you have to offer, you have to give in order to receive. Absolutely. It's not just one way, right? Absolutely. And something you have to build. But let's say in the case of a marriage, like many people will come within our tradition, will come, not always, but they will sometimes come to know if their chosen partner uh, or at bit, bit important moments of their life, uh, if their chosen partner, let's say, is the right person for them, if is the, is the person 
you know, within their path or their destiny or compatible. In a case like that, do you have, prior to big events like that, do you have people that come to a shaman? Yes, 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 yes. That's number one. And number two is the, the, the sort of addendum to that. Is the, the divination or the message that is given mm -hmm. or, or transmitted directly or only through uh, possession or through through the, the word or the, the healing spirit or trance? Mm -hmm. Or through, do you use any other instrument of divination? Mm -hmm. uh, like in, we had a guest, our guest, uh, Sangoma, guest Rebecca Rogerson, which they use bones. They use a series of objects to divine. Mm -hmm. uh, we use the opele or equele, or we use the ikins, the palm nuts, uh, to divine, uh, you know, on, on, on many matters. In your case, how does that, in, in, in the Tuvan shamanistic tradition, how does that work? Okay, so that's a very good question. So that, um, yes, people do, in fact, come a lot of times before making big decisions. And before I was, uh, you know, a shaman, when I was young, I wanted to come specifically when I went uh, to shaman is because before I make a big decision. So when you like, mm, it's so big, you're afraid, you don't know like which way would be better. So yes, people do when they have some kind of dilemma, and things like that. And divination, specifically two one forms of divination are uh, several. One of them, the most uh, common is uh, Huvanak is a 41 little river stones that are brought very little from 41 rivers. So it takes a while for travel for a shaman to collect 41, you know, from 41 right. geographical rivers. Right, 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 right. Wow, uh, right. Uh, and uh, then they they throw the you know they ask questions they throw uh, those little forty one stones and like pebbles like pebbles type of yeah and, and some of the shamans are specialized on that they just they are so good at it they like they see everything just within the stones mm -hmm. and so another also Tuvan tradition is use the kuzungu which is the shaman's mirror. So shaman, um, as yes, yeah. So this is the the only object that uh, like shaman could work without anything, like uh, without drum, without fire, without anything. But this is the only thing that Tuvan shamans need in order to work. So this is the um, shaman's mirror called Kuzungu in Tuvan. So they um, they look, they stare or gaze at the at the mirror. And because while they, and they could, um, they uh, they sometimes ask a person to to hold it between their hands, and right. uh, ask the question. Then they will take it back and they look at it, and then because it is see like mm, mm, spirit. Asking, how how do you hear the answer? Right. So right. right. Each shaman. Uh, depending on their extrasensory perceptions or who they were as well, uh, as well before uh, spirits came, they have different uh, methods. So, for instance, some shamans only do through objects, like the stones. Right. Right? So, uh, so some shamans are uh, here right away. So, here. Right. Just hear it right away. So, here. They don't need to drum. They don't need to be in make any kind of uh, additional moves they just hear it 
And then uh, some shamans, um, also the, in, another one, I'm gonna finish that uh, sentence afterwards. So another form of divination that is very strong in Tuva is um, doing the uh, sacrifice fire. So you do the, you build the fire, right? You put offerings mm -hmm. in it. And then as you put offerings, you mm, look at the fire. So you, you right. read the fire. Uh, so the spirits help you read the fire. And interesting, like about that, some shamans, new, uh, like these days shamans, um, I, I know one of uh, shamaness that is doing that way. She builds the, the fire, right? And she yeah. takes a picture of, she takes series of pictures of the fire. And, right. And let's say, um, let's say family came and said, uh, somebody got murdered in their like in their family and they need to know and they have an idea that this person could be you know causing that like who who was involved right. Right? so she could go uh, ask them to bring offerings they could go to the forest build the fire she would take pictures that this how she works specifically like everybody right. and then she showed me pictures of the fire that like spe like specifically that example that I'm giving you right now I was blown away. There is like in in this uh, stills of the fire, there was a letter A, like visible with the naked physical eye. Like yeah. literally, a letter A is so visible, like you can't not see. It. Yeah. So and um, things like that. So uh, they would like they would ask if the person is dead or not. Like she could do this. So, and some people not take any pictures, uh, of course, that I only saw one person like that, but I also like take pictures of the fire because um, you see later on so many things in it. Uh, right. But so you just, so, you just stare at the fire and mm -hmm. you see how the fire moves and the spirits help you to know. Um, so basically, and there is of course a method of when uh, possession, right? And so the, then the spirits uh, answer you physically, and then they are speaking and answering the questions. In so possession. They, yeah, in a possession. So, 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 so just to recap, because I know a lot of people are following and, and a lot of people are trying to draw parallels and understand. Yeah. So yeah. There, there is the, the transmission of message or divination through a semi-trance, uh, messages from your ancestral spiritual guide or any other helping spirit yeah. or ancestors or so on. There is the uh, the mirror. There are the pebbles. And, and, and I will ask as a corollary later, why mm -hmm. 41? Because for us, for instance, we use uh, the number 16 is very important because there are the 16 princes of Ifa, the 16 major Odu. But I'm curious to know uh, later on why 41. Why the the different rivers? I I understand, but man, but for, that number 41. I don't you know why 41? I have no idea. And uh, and so and then you're you're talking about also uh, so mirror uh, gazing into a mirror, gazing into a fire. Yes. So the ability to see messages of spirit through fire. Yes. And then. Uh, you you said something else, fire, and some. There was another method as well. That, that's those are the major. The fire just by either just gazing or taking a st picture. still picture. Okay, and and last is possession, like full blown possession, yeah. and uh, which is um, very rare. Like it doesn't happen very often. And then the us the 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 one that I like the most 
is when you just um, take, uh, it's called Kamlanya. So when you do the offerings and then you start, the, let's say a person came with a question and you um, do the offerings and then you drum and during the drumming, mm -hmm. you, you see all the visions. So you have the visions nice. and you just uh, then to um, translate the visions. Okay, visions as well. Okay, okay. Now there was a question that Malvin had asked. Can we yeah. bring yep. that question Rebecca. back? Malvin is, says, sadly, there are scammers everywhere that you know of. Are there people who pretend to be shamans? And if they're found out they're fakes, is there any punishment they must face? Also, are there established rules that Tuvan shamans must follow? Good question. Mm -hmm. So, so he's saying if there are uh, if there are scammers or if if yes, uh, are there fakes or scammers in in sha in uh, shamans in Tuva? In, in Tuva, no, because no, it, it's not possible to be like. How would you be a scammer when if you don't have results? Like, see, shamanism is about results. Shamanism right. is not about oh oh interesting. <laughs> Shamanism is about people having real problems. They're having okay. a shaman. And if that person is just saying that he or she is a shaman and then people come and there is no result, mm, like, well, like... No, it, it just doesn't happen. Doesn't because... Happen. Yes. Yeah. Because I get the impression in order, like for yourself, you have to have that hereditary trait in being recognized as a shaman and you like yourself you were reluctant to do that so it's less likely to be a scammer or someone who's fake considering the the amount because it is uh, every exactly goes through such um every shaman goes through such uh incredible difficulties when the spirits enter um the whole you know life falls apart there is a, a, a you know you if you're okay. not strong if you're not strong enough you could go end up at the crazy house so it's like you there is so much involved in becoming a shaman there is uh there is no fake to one shamans it's not possible um right. but i know that there are people who are uh, these days who are not from Tuva and who like the idea of being this spiritual right. person who can do things. And they study and then they think that they are already shamans and then they are like advertising themselves as such. <laughs> that I know. There, that I think in North America, what you see are practitioners of shamanism but yeah. they are not shamans they can't big difference. be big it difference is, it is a big difference big, big difference big difference. difference big difference we have the same distinction like you can be a part of a belief system you can be initiated yeah. through the first initiation and, and be a part of the of the religious practice or the spiritual practice but that doesn't make you a priest yes right like what makes you a priest is again in ifa we say the babalao is born not made. You are Baba Lao right. since you come from heaven to earth. Yes. And it is in this journey that Ifa reveals itself through divination uh, about your, your destiny, 
we call we, we use the term very strongly about destiny yes. um, and basically reminds us as a, as I will that we were we were at war in heaven right Who so we were before we yeah, came here before and we came to fulfill here, right? that destiny exactly and, yes. and and as you said it's interesting because uh, again many times it is your family your ancestral uh, uh, family ancestors and I'm going to make a distinction for our audience again our family ancestors, what we call Egun, mm -hmm. right? Or even some Egungun, is not the same as the Joto or the ancestral spiritual guy, right? The, right. the Egun are family members, people that have passed away that represent yeah. your blood lineage. Yes. That you can check, you know, you might find even from a DNA that you have, you know, related to a particular area centuries ago, so yeah. that you're in that culture. But your ancestral spiritual guide can is usually somebody of an elevated spiritual refinement, yes. yes. and who is meant to be your guide. Literally, look in Spanish, we say "tu guía espiritual," the spiritual guide, which is sent by, uh, comes down with you from heaven, with yes. your soul and your spirit, and his mission is to help you to complete your destiny, your mission yes. on earth. Yes. So for everybody listening to us so that they, they can see the difference between... Yes. And, and what it's called... Thank you, Jasmine. As I said right before, in, in my case, my teacher, it is uh, called in literature, in shamanic literature, ecstatic spouse. Interesting. Yes. Yes, 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 so yes. yes. Ecstatic spouse. So, yeah. I prefer to call him as he... If he would say in the beginning that he is ecstatic spouse, I would be like, What? No, like, you know, like, I would be like, it's too much to take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, non-physical spiritual teacher works much better. Yes, no, yes, and, yes. Yeah. No, and, and reality, the, 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 I can see why they, they would use, uh, you know, something like that. Yes. As a, as a because of the, the, sometimes the process of possession or, or trance. And, and, the, and, and a feeling like, you know. Connected at all times. Yeah. Exactly. And that is the biggest thing. Like one of our, our former guests and a good friend of mine, which we've been uh, doing research for and co collaborating for six, seven years now, uh, Bokono Dafoji from, um, he's in Uruguay. Uh, his ancestor, his Joto is Abomale, is the same thing. Like when you, you can see the, the, the integration of that ancestral spiritual guide with, with Danielle. So when, when, when you know when it's Danielle speaking and when it's, you know, uh, the, the ancestor Abomale speaking or coming through or giving him messages in that moment. But that relationship is really of a, of a in his case, is of a mentor, a teacher, a, a, a father to a son, right? Because it, yes. it, it, there's a, a, an immense spiritual uh, clarity and vision yes. and a long ancestral memory. Yes. Ancestral memory as well. I also wanted to, to for the people, uh, you, you said something which is very true. Uh, I, and I, it's interesting, again, for shaman, it's the same thing. In, in, in Ifa, in the Odun, O Wandering, O Wanitan Shela, O Wandering Iwari, it says, the roots of Ifa are bitter, but the fruits are sweet. And that particular Odu Ifa speaks about the spiritual journey. Of a, of a priest, and again, being a priest as opposed to somebody just initiated, and that quite often the spirit or ifa shakes up your life. You talked about, you know, it can throw your life upside down, 
and and the things that you and the structures that you had in your life that you thought were your you know your your foundation are sometimes broken and in order to free you in order yeah. to to be able to practice no, no, in order to uh totally lose the identity so in shamanism what happens is like they they break you down so to speak to the point, yes to the point of um and it's like artificial uh suffering so it's not like um they they take away everything from you so y you uh, are suffering so that your identity who you thought you were is uh, broken down and reborn you're reborn again yes and then uh little by little not it's not the process that goes fast because see it's connected uh, so shamanism is a state of consciousness right so shaman simply has a different state of consciousness but since consciousness changes in consciousness don't have don't happen uh, fast that's why we keep reincarnating because every little bit of something helps so it's it's it takes a little bit Yes, yes, definitely. It takes some time yeah. from that. Yeah. Um, but that, go ahead, Jean Jerome. No, 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 no that that that's uh, that's very interesting. Again, the, that that process of you know basically breaking structures, uh, going through those situations into an awakening, and you mentioned something which was also uh, earlier on, which I want also want to highlight for all those, especially coming from mm -hmm. Ifarisa. Another belief system, especially Afro-Cuban or diasporian uh, West African belief systems, to mm -hmm. show the commonalities. And a lot of these uh, yes. show is to show that the, the, the spirit may it. may present or 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 dress differently, but the essence is the same. Is the same, right? Exactly. And and that is like for a Babalao, it said that Babalao is that when when he's initiated, he goes through many initiations in his life. And the first, you talk nine years, for us is usually seven to nine years, are the, the years where the Babalao is considered to be a, a child. And that was Ifa sees them as a child and it says Ifa, you know, takes him by the hand and, how, and then until he can walk a little bit after the ninth year, and then he begins to initiate himself. In other words, it is a stage where there's a greater integration of the, the spiritual belief system of Ifa, of the Orisha, of the ancestors. And basically, you know, that they, they, they walk hand in hand and more integrated with the with the pre. And from what you describe, is very similar, almost identical concept at least, or construct in the Chuvan shamanism. Yes. Now I wanted to ask you, um, in regards to your shamanism, when you go back to Tuva, is that where you really feel strongly the, the spirits and the essence of the Tuvan shamanism? Or do you can you go to where you live right now and go to the closest park and still feel that? Can here, you feel it everywhere? Here is the thing. I don't have to go anywhere to feel anything because I am... Wherever I am, so shaman is someone who is able to create the center of the earth universe wherever he or she is. So thank you. I could connect while I'm here. I like right now this afternoon. I did a ritual together with my sister and another shaman uh, for yes. this, uh, 
for this um, full moon and eclipse that we are having today. And it was a ritual to, ha to help to release their old programming and an old way of thoughts, words, and actions. And so, um, so I was here, right? But we just, uh, you know, calculated the timing. So we are doing it at the, the same time. So time, I mean, not time, uh, uh, space in shamanic healing or in anything shamanic does not matter because I am doing uh, also a lot of remote sessions since I, uh, you know, at the beginning, very beginning. It doesn't matter where the person is. Right, right. Okay, so, all right. So, okay. So, with regards to where you're living now, um, do you hold workshops like for people who are interested in coming to you um, to train or let's say they come to you for healings? Do you have a place where you hold this? Do you go somewhere or do you allow them in your house? How uh, does that work for you? Well, for the last six years, like uh, I have uh, workshops, lectures, retreats and um, one expedition. Um, so you know, they up on the different locations. And for the last two years, I started um, a meetup group that is called Shamanic yes. Club. So this is the last two years only. And I think since then I, I did like 60 something events in the last just two years. And um, wow. yes, in different, uh, different range of events. And yes, so I, and when everything is normal, like for healing sessions, if people live in the tri-state area, they drive come to, to my living room. And if people oh. and if people live in uh, you know some other countries or very like uh, California, like they I do remote sessions. Um, okay, okay. So you can do it remotely and physically if yes, they come to you. The, the group right? that we have. Okay, that's awesome. Zarina, are one of our uh, one of our audience and a good friend of ours. Uh, you carry it within you, so obviously it doesn't matter, right? It does not matter because see, like the place where from which the let's say just take about let's just take shamanic healing session, right? When somebody right. is asking that they, let's say, not feeling well, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, it doesn't matter. And the place from which I am doing the healing is not coming from the physical body of mine. Right, so right. When someone is near me, they have additional, um, I uh, have additional effect on people because I could touch them, right? They smell, they hear, right? So they see me. Um, so while through the distance session, it's the same thing. It just then they're, they're not affected by, let's say, my incense, like my juniper that I'm burning, right? So they, they don't smell mm -hmm. that. I can't do shamanic massage. They uh, they can't hug me, right? So but everything else, the the actual right. place from where it happens, it's not from the physical. Right. So what would you say is better? Obviously, somebody coming to you physically if there was a healing that really required it, right? Um, I would say it, it does not matter, but um, 
for people who never like seen me in, in the physical in the physical body like standing next to me and if they never like if they don't quite fully understand how it works for them it's just simply maybe it's more beneficial to actually see me so that in person. Uh, yes so that uh, they like let's say experience it experience it uh, yes but once you once connected to me in the physical way, then it also becomes not important to me where I am. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so in other words, I, what I'm understanding is it would be easier or more beneficial if they saw you in person, first of all, to get a healing or to, to, to connect with you. And then afterwards, it doesn't matter if they're overseas or, or elsewhere. Is that correct? That would be beneficial for someone who doesn't understand fully how it works. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. So let, let me ask you a question. I, 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 now that you mentioned that about connection and everything else. So for instance, you, you live in, in, in the area of New Jersey, correct? Edgewater, Edgewater. Okay, so so for all of our audience listening, New York and New Jersey is one of the the most highest per capita yes. practitioner of Ifaorisa, Santeria, Palo, yes. and all the African diasporic uh, religions. So my question is, mm -hmm. with your gift of sight and and from the optic of your ancestral spiritual guide, mm -hmm. have you had, uh, you know, have you been? Um, had clients that are initiated or come from the these other belief systems or from a different belief system how does your ancestral guide how does the the the, uh, the tuvan shamanic belief system interpret or see spiritualities that come from other lands in other words like for instance we've talked about spirits and ancestors you talked about fairies like iwi yeah. what about uh, do you have any structure of divinities? In other words, sp spirits that are not human, uh, like like a fairy, but more like uh, what we call Orisha or Irumale, that are spiritual beings that occupy the the you know the, the the two realms, the spirit realm and the earthly realm. They're not human, but they present as you know a different um, energy. Do you have an equivalent uh, of that in the two divinity? Like a divinity. Of course, uh, there is a. First of all, like in in shamanism, it is recognized that everything is alive. Everything is alive. So uh, you may you may encounter all kinds of spirits. It could be as simple as the. Uh, you could encounter a spirit of the building. You could encounter a spirit of the river. You could okay. encounter a spirit of a rock. Over okay. three, or like, or, or, like all types of uh, consciousnesses that are not human. There but is, do you, do you work with them? But you actually, like, for instance, in 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 Ifaorisa, we work, and in, in on the Vodun side, they we work with spiritualities or energies, you know, through our ancestors, through you know yes. divination, through our ancestors. We we work with energies that are these higher beings or or very high energy, high consciousness? Do you actively enlist? Like you mentioned, for instance, you enlist or you have a team of fairies, yeah. right? Which, which in Yoruba we call Iwin, is one of the descriptions of Iwin. 
and appears in the Oduvifa Otura Owonri. Otura Owani speaks of the Iwin, the, the fairy people. Yes. So, like fairy, but different other other types of spirituality. Are there a pantheon or yes, like a cosmology for them? Um, there is. Uh, I yes, cosmology. Yes. So there is also gods and goddesses. Yes, for instance. Yes, like yes, yes. yes. That's what we. Yes, yeah. there is a. There are different deities. There is um. There are uh, like in the lower world because in shamanism it's like divided in three worlds, right? So, uh, right. Middle, so very interesting. Lower. Okay. In the lower world, there is all these demons that are having like they also have gradation, very hierarchical. Everything is very hierarchical. Right. And there are shamans. Shamans are basically divided into um, uh, into different type of shamans. Like let's say I'm a white shaman. Uh, Interesting. And, and there are black shamans. Interesting. Uh, so, which means that it, it means like one time when I had a workshop at the Rubin Museum of Art in New York, and somebody asked me in the audience, uh, like, why do you call yourself white if you're Asian? <laughs> and it has nothing like the white doesn't have. Yeah, yeah I understand. I understand. Yeah. But um, it's it has to do with where the shaman draws the power so white uh, because shaman um the power doesn't come from the, the power of the shaman doesn't come from the shaman from the person it comes from other places and so white shamans are drawing their power uh from upper world from upper right. and from communication with gods and goddesses with very high evolved very um, compassionate beings and so those right. type of shamans are very good at um uh inspiration explanation and like uh wisdom you know okay and blessings and um uh there are black shamans who draw their power from uh lower worlds and then there are uh, all kinds of um you know demon uh, like um, demon like beings who have mm -hmm. different degree of different degree or different state of consciousness and they are very good at removing all kinds of um what is it called in english uh, curses and uh, all, uh, much more than curses what are they called in english when they are trying to kill you now this is getting very, 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 very interesting. Yes. Now we're talking. Now this we're is, talking. This that is right up John Jerome's alley this now. We're, right. we're getting into his territory. My territory. Yes. So, the, okay. so I could like uh, talk to you like about the demonology, you know, like, like but every shaman, whether they are white or black or something else, there is also a term like a yellow shaman. Yellow shaman is a shaman who is highly influenced by the Buddhism practice, like Buddhism. Interesting. Okay. Yes, interesting. Uh, incorporated a lot of uh, Buddhist, uh, you know, practices in 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 their practice. So, um, but every shaman, regardless of where they draw their power from, they need to know uh, how to communicate. Like, let's say, even though I'm a white shaman, I know how to. Uh, and by this time, already I uh, have a contract so to speak with the lower world and have my own recognized name there 
and I like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's a- oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> keep going. Okay, now you have my, my, my like undivided. Yeah. yeah, and in order to, uh, like if, if the black shaman is already like having those beings helping him to remove all this curses and what is the other word in English for? When now, yeah, curses, curses or or witchcraft or or, or or negative witchcraft. Hexes, 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 or yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, stronger. Yeah, curses, I guess, would be the word. Um, uh, but so the the white shaman uh, has to. Mm, I guess work for it a little more. So like it needs the white shaman has to also go through his or her own uh, difficulties to, with the connected to the witchcraft and like spirit fighting, so to speak. Uh, so because every shaman is first and foremost is a what is the word? Not a fighter, but warrior. A warrior. A warrior. Every yeah. shaman is absolutely a warrior. A spiritual warrior. A spiritual warrior. Whether they are white or black, they are first and foremost warriors. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, and then you develop that skill and relationship with the lower realms. To the so, so, so let me ask you a question then. So, I mean, understanding two realms. You mentioned the so the the, the white dealing with the higher realms. Divinities of higher light or vibration. Yes. The the uh, uh, divinities or gods, if we want to use the term with a small g, that deal with, with you know some people would call demons or whatever, but I don't like to use that terminology. Uh, but basically, darker like uh, what we call doom doom, lower or, vibration or, 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 or the, lower vibration. The, the vibration that what we call right and left, right being the the softer, gentler. Higher and uh, OC meaning the the darkness, but also the strength, the passion, the strength, yeah. and the ability to to as you say fight lower yeah. other lower vibrations. Yeah. Um, you, you you what we call the red, you call the yellow. The influence of Buddhism uh, is being for us the red is the person which is uses both the yeah. black and the white and balances them out and will you will go for one or for the other, right? Yeah. Yes, we do have them as well. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So you have the red. Well, no, everyone has to yeah. has to know how to do everything, basically. So, so if one was to to try to learn, for instance, like right now, anybody can go online, for instance, or go to a babalao, yeah. and we have a, a a very, although it's very, you know, sometimes always growing, but we have a set number of orisha iromale. Mm -hmm. uh, both of the right and the left, uh, we have the the concept of ajayami, which I'll get to as a separate question. But but yeah. is there a pen? Is there a place uh, in your scripture online where you have a listing of the beings that are higher? In other words, or like you know, in Buddhism or Hinduism, you have you know bodhisattvas. In Buddhism, you have Hindu deities or, or gods. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't have a set pantheon. Yeah. So in, in that, in saying that, are you influenced? Like, will you work with divinities or energies from other cultures or other pantheons through your ancestors? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, you know, I think why this is very uh, interesting. Yeah, it's a good question that you asked. I think the reason why we don't have it in that type of structured, very structured way, is because see, shamanism is the it's a before religion, right? So it's the ancestor of all religions. Right. 
So, um, and true shaman receives knowledge not from the books and not from somebody made already structure for them. So shaman right. is direct from the spiritual beings. Right. Uh, I could say, right. for instance, um, uh, you know, like there is this uh, being, like there is this goddess, White Tara, White Tara in, in, in Buddhism. She works yeah. healing. Uh, she's like a healing goddess. They, mm-hmm. In Buddhism, right. we have different colors of Taras, and they all represent something different. So White Tara is the one who helps with healing. And so I'm very connected to her directly, directly. It's direct initiation, so to speak. Um, I could even say how to like how it happened when it sure. happened. If, so, if, as long as we don't, again, we always say as long as we, you don't betray any anything which should remain, secret. you know, secret. Yeah, any we, oaths or secrets oaths or you don't things, need to tell us. You're, you're not obliged to tell, but, but as far as you are able to, please go ahead. Yes, I want to say that uh, also the interesting thing is that only people think that when shamans say something, that they could learn and then run with it, like some people think like that. But the, <laughs> thing, is, the thing is that yeah. 75 to 80% of real teachings are all closed. So like I can't, I can't, I can, whatever I'm sharing for all these years, it's only, you know, 25 you know, it's it's very little percentage compared to the actual knowledge, shamanic knowledge. Right. Because it's not possible to share it. It's a cult. It's a uh, hidden. A cult, right, right. Right, right. It's, it's something that's only revealed to the shaman at the time yes. by the spiritual entities yes. and the ancestors you work with. Yes, and even from shaman to shaman, that knowledge differs because of their readiness to receive it um, because as human beings uh, we are limited right so right. so all the actual teachings so what what we see and able to share only very little percentage either way okay. right, right, right 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 but but i'm saying so, that, um, uh, my connection to white tara specifically i could tell because it, it, this is not hidden it just uh, it just shows you how okay how it works, how it works, and how just um, through symbol, you uh, your consciousness uh, if, is uh, why symbols are so important because your consciousness could be activated just from the symbol. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, if you like, do you want me to share? Sure, of course. So sure. I have a you know in Buddhism they have tankas, which is like this um, you know like like a. Um, can you see like this? Yes, is, yes, yes, yes. It's like icon uh, with yes. some kind of being, right? Yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, so, and I have lots of them in, in my um, place. And one of them is a white terror and it is in my bedroom. And I used to uh, <clears throat> come and sit like it's, you know, on the like red chair that I do my meditation. And right. a white terror is across the bed and it's on the wall. Okay. One time I was doing meditation and suddenly, and it's going to sound really strange, but... Oh, still, nothing was strange. Oh, no, it won't. Not to us, not to us, trust me. Not okay. us. That's why I'm going to share. So I suddenly saw how this, uh, this you know, the outline of the mm-hmm. white tower on this tanker started to energetically, like, change and come out 
like as if it was towards you flat and now it became like a, 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 a like two dimensional yes yes so it came out uh, like this and my body like i was sitting is in a western position with my legs down my body started to like uh, have a, like a very effect like i started like to make this kind of movement my hands yeah. and, and um, uh, legs became very very hot and uh, here started very 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 hot and i've heard the um, the voice that said i am white terror and um, that I'm gonna help you to uh, when you're doing um, healing work sessions, and that I'm gonna help you with diagnosis. With with sorry, with what? Sorry, with having diagnosis, like to diagnosis, 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 diagnosis. yes. See yes. what it is. Very good. Right. Very good. Wow. So this is how initiation directly happens. So it's like a, right. my consciousness was at the state rate that was ready to receive Except. What, what is already was available at all times, uh, but my consciousness was not ready because I had the tanka for a year before that happened. Okay. Okay. I, 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 know, I know a few people that, you know, in the shamanic and medium, who have had very similar experiences, some very recently as well. So yes. I know a few that will remain nameless, but uh, we'll we'll talk of that offline. Offline, we can talk. We'll about talk that. about that offline. Okay, yes. <laughs> so we're we're familiar with this. <laughs> we're familiar. We we definitely are familiar with that. We're familiar with this type of experience. So that's that's. Yes. I tell you, Kate, you came to the right group of people because what? nothing <laughs> that comes out of your mouth sounds like oh my god. So you're definitely What's that? Right I'm glad that you're not going to talk behind my back like no. really out there. Oh, oh God, no. Family, your family, your family. No, your family now. Your family. Uh, you're oh, part of the family. You are you are most most adopted right now. Thank uh, you. So so one a topic which we, we, we had spoken offline. Now that we're talking about, you know, we talked about the goddess and that type of spiritual revelation or communication or initiation. Uh, we talked about, you know, your uh, a, a shaman's assistant. In your case, uh, fairies, which in Yoruba we call iwin. No, uh, I have lots of them. This I just uh, I just spoke out about them. So because it's right, it's more like uh, accepted to people. Right, like, right, 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 right. Fairies sound yeah. so cute. You know what I mean. So that's why yeah. I'm thinking about them. No, no, no problem. And then, but one thing we talked about is. You have a you have a special gift as well in your shamanic practice, which uh, is shared by other traditions, especially First Nations in, in North America, which is spirit guides, uh, animal totem or spirit guides. Can you wow. tell us? Can you tell? Can you tell us a little bit about that aspect that's and how that works? That's my favorite topic. Uh -huh. Okay, perfect. Let's do it. Because. See, when I started to see uh, spiritual dimensions and I started to see these beings, right, and uh, including fairies as well. And so, and then I started to see that every single person has mm, animal uh, shape next to them. So it's, um, so I was like stunned. I could not like uh, comprehend, you know, how, why, and what for. And then I've learned and I've seen that I apparently have 
14 power animals. And uh, so um, when they start, when I was able to see them and they started to, you know, show themselves to me and tell me what they can do for people, like what exactly, because what, what I like the most about spirituality is that it's that you finally start to understand that there is nothing random and that everything has specific purpose. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. There is a very specific purpose. It's like they are, uh, all these spirit guides mm -hmm. that I'm also connected to, they have very, they're very specialized. So they're not like a specialist in everything. They're usually specialist in something like one. Right. Like, um, right. And so, right. so every uh, human being, by their, uh, by their birthright, so to speak, is born with at least one power animal. And power animal is an energy structure in the form of a, or a pattern, um, in the form of a specific animal that uh, has corresponding to that shape characteristics and separate from that person consciousness and to oh, me mind-blowing because imagine you have someone who belongs to you that's how usually people start to understand it so it feels like it belongs mm -hmm. to you but if if we go even deeper then actually what happens is it is a deeper part of you okay okay, so okay. But it's hard to understand. So it, at first, it's easier to understand that you have them. Mm -hmm. But actually, to be truer, they are part of you. They are they are your deeper part that is Absolutely. more knowing that the part of you that is personality part uh, with a tag name, in my case, this lifetime, Larissa, or in your Teresa, right, or Ginger. So... Um, and it's like every person has someone who has different than their own thoughts. Like what you think that you, like the thought um, process that happens in your mind and you think it's like, you know this, like you think like this about this or you've learned this. So there is someone nearby, right? Someone that belongs to you or is you, right? As I already said. That yeah. has different opinion than right. you about everything you are doing or saying or wanting to do, and that opinion usually is way broader, way wiser, way more interesting than what you could come up with. Right. And when I understood that, I was when I you know through my power animals and then seeing others, it's like people are walking around like handicapped, not understanding that they have this, again, I use this word team, like let's say somebody has two power animals, right? It's like as if you have at all times two, let's for this, for the sake of conversation, to use the word friends, because hard to uh, you know use other words. Yeah, yeah. Um, friends who love you totally, accept you always with you, and know everything about your past, your present, and future, and who only um, agenda is for you to become the best version of you, for you to move yeah. from this point A to other, you know, to B point. Yeah. 
So right, right. They help you. They help you through what your journey of life. Yes, they they uh, they're supposed to help you, and that uh, that gut feeling that everybody talks about, that intuition, it all comes from that part, from that deeper part, from this animalistic part that knows everything. So that gut feeling is not yours. Gut feeling is from your power animal. Those intuitive signs uh, that you have, they come uh, from your power animal part. Fascinating, so, fascinating. And to connect with them, like through uh, a movement, like shamanic power animal dance, right? Through any other like rattling or drumming. Drumming, or, yes. Or through meditation. It's a it's a something that no other uh, spiritual practice could give. It's a it's unbelievable feeling. You know why? Because imagine like you always think of yourself as this human being, and suddenly yes. through shamanic through drumming movement or some like shamanic practices, right? You yes. you catch yourself as. Uh, and for everyone, it happens in a different way, depending on their developed uh, extrasensory perceptions, right? right or right. how easily they go into expanded state of consciousness or a shamanic state of consciousness or trance, right? Dep yes. Depends on all of these things. But I see people in and out all the time who never thought they would like... They thought only shamans can do this, or no, everybody can do that. Everybody could feel them because we have them for a reason. So not like to to not to be able to feel them or see them goes against uh, the whole you know the whole purpose of them being with you. So everybody right. can see them. Everybody could hear them, feel them um, through practice, and that practice of shamanic movement or rattling or drumming right or journeying okay and and part of that journeying you can do through meditation through drumming and that yeah. Yeah. and it's it connecting with that power animal that helps you to to establish the link with with yourself on a different level, that different aspect of yourself as an animalistic part of you, correct? Because you know what? Yes, because uh, you know, you the moment you get a glimpse of your power animal, like for me, it happens first in the face. Like I could suddenly start feeling as if my, with my eyes closed or open, it doesn't matter to me. So, like suddenly, I feel in a very realistic way I start feeling mm -hmm. like if my face like starts like ooh, like morph and right right I start feeling as if this is not my face any longer and I start feeling uh like some animal or like I start feeling it in, then then after face for me it happens with my palms I start feeling either you know the clothes or the hooves or whatever they are or tel yes. talons yes. so so and um, and so like I, I I feel them already inside of my physical body or right. being right, but the the gradation of how like the stages of how it happens is uh, it's different differ from people to people. Right. First for me it also was not like that. Uh, at first it was just I would see an eye 
Like in my meditation, I would see an eye that is looking at me. Yes. And that yes. eye was not human. And, and that eye usually is like sidewise. It's usually like how it starts for most people. You see an eye that is sidewise. And that eye is very like precisely looking at you, not just like wondering. Like very like I know. piercing uh, uh, contact. And then, I understand that totally, yes, what you mean. That's how it starts. Yeah. And then once you get a glimpse and, and understand that this is not a separate, that this is you, the whole understanding of who you thought you are breaks down. And, and uh, you understand the, uh, how it is to be one with somebody else. See, like right. we always see each other separate from others. Once right. We're so disconnected from yeah. other people and, and, and other living beings that yeah. once you make that connection with your power animal, you're connecting with another person, another living being in yeah. such a different way that you can't describe that. It's indescribable because you are, you see that you're much more than you thought you are. Absolutely. You are so Ab much more than what you thought you are. And it breaks that bubble of your open, you know, thinking of yourself. It, it breaks that ego part of you that you only see yourself through human eyes, through how you define like yourself, how other people define yourself, define and you, you, right? And you think superior to animals, right? You, you think, yes. oh, yeah. I'm human. Animal, like why, how is it good? Like how is this, you know, yeah. why is it so important? But um, so to see uh, yourself as equal and to see yourself as no difference between me and let's say a dragon or me and a butterfly or me and a wolf or bear or whoever. Right. Or the Pegasus. Or, so you, um, you start to see from different perspective. You no longer are in this, uh, illusion uh, of right. stuff, you're like, oh, this is me. That's yes. It. You suddenly make that connection that you're all, if, if I can translate it the way I see it when I connect with my animals, that we all connect together. I am no different than the, the beaver. I am no different than the wolf. I am no different than the horse. We are all connected. We are all brothers on this planet. And we all are one in that same consciousness to make that, that connection. We are definitely all one. Together Absolutely. with all the people as well. So we are all one. And that's why uh, distant work, healing sessions or rituals are possible because... Uh, we are all connected. So let right. me ask a question on on that. Taking that particular example a little bit further. Yeah. In in your two in the Tuvan belief system, uh, shamanistic belief system, do you have legends or manifestations of what in First Nations one term is called skinwalker? In other words, a skinwalker being a person who is able to, speaking of an animal spirit, assume either spiritually or, you know, some would say even physically, assume the characteristics of the animal to the point of appearing like that animal. That's very, very, very prominent around the Navajo and the, and yes. the, and the Apache, the Navajo uh, First Nations in the southwest of the United States. Well, it's 
uh, it's a very good question. So it's a shape shifting. Right? Yes. Thank you, Beth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a shape shifting, and um, you know, if it wouldn't be for this pandemic, I was supposed to have um, three uh, events at the Rubin Museum of Art during the summer that was uh, five hour each, and you know, so to speak, like day retreat almost, right? Or intensive workshop, intensive shamanic workshop that was supposed to be called, called shape-shifting the self with chok bar. Shape-shifting the self. And so shamanism okay. generally, uh, it's uh, about mastery of consciousness. Right. And, um, and uh, so uh, uh, the ability to um, shift your consciousness another point of consciousness at will it's a yes. uh, it's a uh, it's a core um, ability uh, ability so and it it comes with understanding that um, you could shift and so what i want to say about that is this um, when people look at me uh, some uh, and they keep telling me that right so because before i was not aware so when um and i've seen it through in other shamans faces as well when people look at me sometimes they see me as very young like very young like very very young like i'm 50 right now so they look at me and they're like whoa she's like a very young girl and sometimes they look at me and they're like whoa she's like 80 or something like she's really old and some people see a male face in instead of like my face, uh, like male face instead of mine. And some people see my face uh, um, through like sessions or work or workshops, uh, face as like changing like animal faces. So, right. When I do uh, events, like my voice even shifts, like my voice becomes different. So to the point of my eyes actually change the color. Wow. My eyes, like I have brown eyes, but my eyes could change from brown to gray with green and blue. 100%. And that, wow. and that happened. Yeah. Um, so imagine how, how strongly my the brain uh, is affected by this consciousness. And um, when I look at someone, right? Uh, so uh, when, when they when uh, when one or the other uh, spirit is with me, like my daughter is afraid to look in my eyes all the time. You know why? Because one time she finds something one, then another, then another. You know, like she does not. She's afraid to see not me there because she right. saw it. She saw how when I look, it's one thing. When somebody else is looking through my eyes, is another thing. Um, so, wow! You know, to a lot of people, that sounds like I am like totally making it up. No, 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 not, not to this, not group. in this group, <laughs> not in our ancestral eyes and people who tune in and everything. Not in this group. All goes. What, what, <laughs> it totally what, what, makes what sense. I'm, what I'm actually uh, like, very like, happy to see yeah. is that you have that same phenomenon, that yeah. same physical yeah. spiritual phenomenon and that it exists uh within your practice right yeah. it's more of a validation and a 
you know, sort of a, a confirmation. happy confirmation uh, of of a phenomenon which is a spiritual phenomenon which transcends any any single belief system. It is almost like uh, gravity or like the yeah. sun shining. It's natural like and it's natural. It's natural it, it, and it expands to other cultures, other countries. It, it doesn't matter. We we all have that intrinsically. That is who we are as human beings. Yeah. The, right? the only thing I find, like like in, for instance, from what I what I've been able to surmise, is that in the Tuvan shamanistic belief, you 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 put more emphasis, and in your own practice, you put more emphasis on these. Uh, you know, on first of all, your ancestral spiritual guide, on your, uh, you know, tr uh, tribal or, or or cultural ancestors, blood ancestors. Uh, you put a lot of emphasis on the elements or elementals, where we people go, you know, the spirits that exist or live in the rock, the river, the trees, and all that. You put a lot of emphasis on the spirits of of the animal, animal spirits or totems that accompany us. So and and that you you know from a from a divination it's the trans possession the full possession the the mirror uh, you know the the forty one which I still like you know why forty one uh, forty one pebbles that that'll that'll be like playing around in my head for the rest of the night yeah uh, maybe your spiritual teacher will tell us at some point in time yeah. maybe Larissa and, but but it's interesting how you you put emphasis like your practice focuses on that also from an elemental standpoint or elements in terms of doing it use fire fire is very important uh in your uh, in your practice right yeah uh, which is shared by other like for instance i believe this uh, in japan the shugendu use fire as well the, the mm -hmm. shigo uh mm -hmm. use uh use fire as well as as a way of speaking or or having their prayers as well being sent to the to the spirit world and to the divinity um so it's it's very interesting the focus whereby for instance in ifa and orisa especially like if we look at different tangent on the yoruba side they put more emphasis on orisha they put more emphasis on your on the concept of the head or soul ori they put more emphasis on you know other powers or or, or divinities that are considered to be Irumale uh, and so forth, and they're, they're, they venerate the ancestor through a gungun and, and initiation. They have societies for them, but it it doesn't play as as prominent a role. And the rest, and the other major event is on Ifa, and there was Ifa or the the act the of divination, divination through through the divining chain of Ifa or Pele Akwele. Equele and uh, Ikins uh, for the Adele Ifa. In the case of, of Olorishas, through Eridi Logun, through the cowrie shells. Like that's where they, they put, and, and, and medicine. So uh, an understanding of botany. So let me ask you a question. Following on that comparison, uh, we've talked about, the, what about the knowledge of plants, bot like using plants or sure. trees in terms of medicine? How does that factor into the Tuvan shamanic practice. Um, yes. So uh, any shaman is see like there are there is a there is this thing that people think like uh, medicine woman or man is the same as shaman, right? Mm -hmm. It's a common misconception. So that interesting, uh, interesting. Because medicine man, uh, it, it's usually not a shaman. Usually not a shaman. While every shaman is a medicine man. 
Interesting. Oh, uh, so because shaman encompasses in its uh, in its um, I guess uh, abilities everything mm -hmm. that all other specialists have. Like okay, like let's say there are mediums, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So, but they are not shamans, but they are mediums. They are real mediums, right? So, but shaman it has to be a medium as well. So there is a, you know, psychics, and they are not shamans, but they are psychics, right? So shaman is a psychic as well. So there is a just bone setters, right? So that they, they don't okay. do anything yes. else. But, uh, so, but every shaman is a bone setter as well. So there is, um, so shaman. So shaman. Shamans do a lot more. They encompass a lot more under that uh, being called a shaman. They do all of that. They do all of the what other specialists usually do separate. And, it, it. and it's done not because that person is that amazing, but because of those spirits. It's not about the person. The person is... Uh, has no uh, see like the true shaman has no longer any opinion. So That's, the spirit comes directly to speak to like you. Whenever, uh, I need to speak, or uh, like uh, I, I usually tell people that that my teacher does not allow me to prepare anything. So like you know, like I have a workshop, for instance, right? Right. So, and I, in the of course, like I have the outline, you know what this work is supposed to be, but my teacher does not let me prepare. And he tells me, like, before even the very first workshop that I had at the Rubin, and I was like, you know, thinking, oh my God, like, how am I gonna do this? Like, I don't know how, like, I'm, you know, like, when are we gonna start to prepare? Yeah. And he says, you are either it or you are not. And no amount of preparation could teach you how to be a shaman in one mouth. You know what I mean? So right, you, right. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be as a shaman. You're just going to go and you're going to whatever yeah. happens. So, um, and so the longer the shaman is a shaman, you have less and That's why you have to like that to speak because you Wait, wait one second, if, if I may. What is that sound? There's like a, like a fan or something. Is there something? Is like I have. I also hear the sound, but I don't know where it's coming from. Okay. Yeah, because I couldn't hear. Hold on. I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear something. Okay. Go ahead. Do you have a fan nearby? It's, it's your fan. Do you have a fan? You know what? That's what it is. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So can you hear now? Yep. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Okay, sorry. So it's like a person uh, who literally has no understanding, as I uh, give this usual example, what is right or wrong anymore, what is right or left. It's a person who uh, loses all of this. Okay. In order, okay. To be, in order to be this absolutely nothing. 
Right. So in other words, your workshop, you as a human are worried, oh my God, I'm not prepared for this or anything. And your spiritual teacher is saying, if you're the shaman, you'll do it. And and you will give what you need to give as far as the teaching is concerned, right? So it's really trusting your spiritual teacher. And shamanism and being a shaman is specifically about total faith. Uh, and that's why some, some shamans do acts of like incredible, uh, I, I don't do them, but there are shamans who do, you know, they take like a, some a metal, heat it up and they like do like stick everywhere i don't know it's just like ridiculous things and uh and like do some um, like some acts that are looking impossible to do right uh, uh, to 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 show the full hundred percent like you need if you're a shaman you have to be hundred percent knowing through practice like through the through the relationship that you have over years that if you stand on the knives they will hold you understand you want you you're gonna be untouchable absolutely you're not gonna be uh nobody can uh do anything you can't be uh, uh hurt right right i love it but- I- but but imagine how much uh, of like um, it takes for a person who used to be a human being, normal human being, to gradually become that being. And yeah, it's it's uh, and for every shaman is it you know they are at different stages of that. And then right. uh, the mm-hmm. advanced form of shamanism is um, what I've never seen, but what the legends, like you said about legends. So the legends show that uh, a shaman, you know, such and such, when he lived there, like in that territory, that village in Tuva, that he could like just put his hand like that and the tobacco would appear. You know what I mean? So like what the the things that what Jesus did, like appearance of of objects out of the seemingly thin air, that Absolutely. Is, that is the form as well of materialization. That the legends go that shamans back then could do. You know, there's there's some um, some believe some people believe that Jesus, when he he disappeared for that um, what is it, thirty years of his life, and he walked um, he walked a path of a shaman, and people I- looked at what the things he could do were something that shamans could do, right? Turning water into wine. I truly believe that uh, Jesus was a shaman, 100%. I do too. I think he walked the path of a shaman, was able to do the things that the other the other leaders, the other spiritual leaders in his faith, the, the, the rabbis, could never do because he walked a different path and he walked that of a shaman. And that's what I believe, totally. Yes. How this, there is a story that goes um, that when this, when the, um, uh, you know, when the shamans were, uh, you know, repressed, so to speak, and there was these churches, and so the people would come to the uh, 
to the father, right? And say, and so what did you know, God or, you know, what say? And the father would be like, hmm, I don't know. Because they were used to direct communication through a shaman. So they like so that they would go to a shaman, ask a question, and yes. then they would be receiving the answer from divinity about things, right? And when the right came about, so they would come and ask, you know, the father, like, what, what did God answer? <laughs> right. And, yeah. and he could interpret that. That's what he was, right? So he could actually give you those words. I want to address um, Peggy Miner. Hello, my friend. Um, she wants to know what is the best way to develop your relationship with your team, your spiritual allies, your team of um, the most your ancestors. Time together. The most important question: How to develop? Because not everybody is a shaman, and thank God, I don't wish it for anyone. Thank you know, I truly don't wish. It for Truly, honestly, not wishing that for people. Yeah. But um, yeah. how to develop is, I believe, the best way is through meditation. Meditation absolutely the the fastest the the, the path to knowledge. Uh, that uh, little by little, depending on the way your consciousness is, you will. Uh, how my teacher says. Um, if you just start meditation and do nothing else at all, that will eventually, over the years, or depending on you, uh, bring you everything absolutely you need. So through classic meditation by sitting and breathing, without uh, not um, guided, just seated and uh, closing your eyes and breathing. And that is, if you do it at least you know 20 minutes in the evening, 20 minutes at the night, or 40 minutes you know at once usually i advise in the mornings so that is the first very first step and then employ the uh altar shamanic altar where you regularly right. put something acknowledging that they exist that the team that your team your spirit okay. guides and your power animals and your ancestors do exist that they are not a whimsical imagination and absolutely that that, that that shows when you put something on your altar like that and then you walk around it uh, your subconscious mind registered that you are doing this like you're putting it for yeah, right. and that helps you to connect and then the next step is to start uh, learning how to do shamanic practices which is um, rattling, like you know, any any rattle, exactly. and you start yeah. uh, rattling, and you start uh, if you have a drum drumming, and you start uh -huh. learning how to move your body without censoring. So by right. by you getting up and uh, giving your uh, intention, you saying I am allowing my body. I'm asking either my um, power animals to move my body or you're saying I'm asking my spirit guide to move my body but at first before you're very advanced and you are balanced I I, tr I believe that it's not um, good idea to try to connect to all kinds of things I believe first sticking only with your power animals and, and that's it because that is um, not dangerous when uh, right. if you right. are um, not balanced uh, then 
you try to connect with all kinds of spirit guides and there is uh, all kinds of them so that they could be uh, not beneficial to you. Some some nice, some not so nice. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So I right. try to stick with power animal part of you at all times for quite some time till you become strong, very balanced, and you know how to deal with these things. And so you um, allow your body to move in all kinds of ways without judging or censoring, which since power right. part of us is located in subconscious mind and our physical body is part of the subconscious mind. So the physical body, the ethereal body and astral body are subconscious mind and mental body. It's our ego, whereas social conditioning is where sure. ourselves as whoever we are, that name tag is this big. It's a, uh, it's a consciousness. Consciousness is this big right. and subconsciousness consists of three bodies of consciousness. So subconsciousness right. is way stronger, bigger, and more influential than conscious mind. That's why shamans since the dawn could do things they do because they connect directly to what is stronger and bigger. The to subconscious. The yes. By going through meditation and, and, and drawing on that subconscious and bringing it to the conscious level. And that is what you 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 bring forward and that's what helps you. It, you learn how to... Uh, um, you learn how to become, uh, for your consciousness to become purified and elevated. So you you also, but to, to answer also about um, um, how to connect, don't uh, consume all of the information that is, uh, especially during this pandemic and this crisis uh, Earth, on Earth that we are having, don't consume all of that. <laughs> So absolutely. Like, and I know someone, yeah, very I know someone specifically, we were just talking about that before the show, not to, you know, to sort of, if you're empathic in any sense, don't absorb the energy that's out there right now, really draw upon yourself and, and, and go within yourself and, and try to keep that away. I just want to mention what Peggy says, dreams. Now, Tell me a little bit about dreams. And uh, as Peggy put, uh, that's why dreams are so strong. How does dreams come into play with uh, Tuvan shamanism? Dreams are very, very, very important. And as my teacher says, dream reality is the main reality and the physical reality is a secondary reality. So uh, yeah, so dream reality is the main reality. So at first Perfect. when someone is not yet very conscious, uh, you could draw a lot uh, from your dreams. But the, the more conscious you become, uh, then it's, you receive that information, that knowledge that you need to, uh, to go through whatever you're going through directly in the daylight. So you don't have to receive it through dreams. But if you still, uh, your consciousness is not yet purified and you are still blocking yourself during the day reality somehow, by resisting or not believing or by you know by being too much involved with whatever else is going on um then dreams are amazing source of power information and healing in all kinds of ways okay all right now 
I'm, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I could listen to you all night. I really, it's truly cool. can. Close What's up. that? It's already yeah. two hours. Yeah, we should close. Yeah. yeah, and I was just going to say we should we should sort of draw a conclusion here. And, and I just wanted to ask Jean Jerome, do you have any more questions? Um, I know we've not answered everybody's question um, that had posed a question from our audience. Um, but we tried to sort of give a, a bigger, broader perspective of what's going on here. Um, is there a place where people can connect with you? Um, do we have a... a yeah, I've been um, I've been putting it throughout the transmission. I've been putting uh, Larissa's okay. uh, website, her Instagram, information, and also connect directly yeah. with Larissa and ask you questions and and, and find out workshops. Now you mentioned workshops. I, I, I believe that the best way to connect also is by becoming a members of the meetup group because right now everything is online and I believe it's going to be right. for a while online. Uh, so. And that's the shamanic club group through the meetup.com that John Jerome just yes, put yes. through. Every event for the last two years that I've done, I put there as well. Okay. Yeah, so you and have so an we event on June 13th, you have another one on June 20th, which I've been scrolling yes. through. Uh, and then you have one on July, July 11th. Oh. July 11th, Dancing with the Wind, Shamanic Energy Lab, part two of three. Yes. And then you have Flying of the on the Wings of the Fair Wind, Shamanic Energy, part three. Yes, it's going to be on, on the, in August. August. Right. All okay. of these are online. Right. For right. This pandemic situation. Right. No, for sure. So, Larissa, we're going to conclude um, now. With your we're quote. sort of. With her quote, she gave us a quote. With your quote. Now, do right. you have a quote that encapsulates yes, you or your belief system? Because that's does. our tradition that we've done so far since we started this show. So that's do it. you have one? Yes. Do you want me to say? Yes. Yes, please. Go ahead. So the quote is uh, my non-physical spiritual teacher's uh, quote. So he says, a shaman is the one with thousand faces. I love it. Uh, the shaman is the one who dances with the spirits. The shaman is the one who knows nothing. Wow. That summarizes. Very good. Wow. Very, very good. Wow. It, that's profound. I'm going to have to, when this show is over, I'm going to go oh, right to the end and I'm going to write this all down. Yeah, we we have a, a Baba Lao who's the, his name is Ofunshi Obako. So I had the privilege of meeting his Baba Lao. He also met my mom when she was alive. I'm very oh. fond of this gentleman. He's from Cuba, and he is um, uh, uh, a Baba Lao, but he has also become or really vested himself in shamanism, but from the Moon people, mm -hmm. uh, which is a, a um, uh, he could much better explain the. The, the original people, uh, but it's uh, 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 basically there are not many of them, and but he's he's basically really vested himself in their shamanic practices, and he's tried to integrate a little bit uh, and re revision, re envision uh, Ifa from a shamanic lens. So I know that's why he says my respect and gratitude for shamaness Chukbar, what you're explaining is correct. Awesome. And he says, 
I like Shamanes Chokbar's modesty. That is the base of a good shaman. Asheo. Thank you. Aww. Thank you. Okay. Oh, that's so touching. Oh, and, and Beth is saying respect. Thank you very, thank you. Very interesting. Thank you. And, and yes. Then you have no. also your friend, uh, Romay Starr. Thank Lume. you so much for sharing with us tonight. It was a very intriguing discussion. So glad I was here. Thank you. Awesome. So some, somebody you. stayed for the whole thing. <laughs> somebody did not like, fall asleep or go away. No, 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 no. Oh, no, God, I, no. I, no I, I can tell you honestly that uh, I, I think with our audience, we, we can touch on so many subjects that we could be here for several hours. But I think we're, we're going to, to adjourn that. We thank you very much for your, for your participation. Thank and you. we encourage uh, everyone. We've been, I've been, you know, throughout the broadcast, I've been scrolling um, uh, uh, Shamanesh Shakbar's, uh, you know, web information, her, her uh, Instagram information. Uh, so I encourage everybody. Workshop. Her workshop. Uh, I encourage everybody, anybody interested in this very fascinating, very authentic uh, indigenous belief system and, uh, and spiritual discipline uh to contact her it's been a, a great privilege to have you with us and uh and to Absolutely. learn and uh, we thank you for your for your insight and, uh, and your teaching thank you so much for having me i am so thrilled oh larissa you have no idea you brought tears to my eyes <laughs> i have so enjoyed your visit here i truly have so we're going to conclude this evening and say good night to everybody i want to say thank you for everybody who tuned in and uh thank you um and we want to announce next week's guest do we have a next week's guest yes we have uh we have okay. our friend uh john john Husalak. Husalak, uh, which will be talking about the romani uh belief system uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, it will another be very wonderful show. another wonderful show. And uh, we'll, we'll be very happy to have him with us uh, next week. That's, again, every Friday at 8 p.m. So the next one's Friday, June 12th uh, with John Husalak uh, speaking about the Romani belief system. Absolutely. I would like now, to thank you for, for having this show because this is an unbelievable idea. And the, even your name, Ancestral Eyes, it's just, it's just it. It's it is it. Thank yeah, you. Thank it you captures very much. It. Thank you. Thank that means you. a lot coming from you. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Again, we, we hope that, as I say, all right, we know the ancestors are are watching us, and uh, we we want to honor them. We want to honor the ascended masters and all belief systems and all indigenous uh, belief systems around the world. And so that they know, people know that their belief system is loved, respected, and that you're not alone. I think in, in this day and age, uh, you know, in the in the in the uh, sort of a shadow sometimes of uh, large religious belief system like Christianity, Islam, and other faiths, um, the indigenous belief system, the shamanistic belief systems have often been, uh, you know, uh, basically discriminated against and sometimes threatened. Uh, yes. And also by even by things social politically like communism. I mean, yeah, the story yeah. you shared about, you know, having to hide your shamanistic abilities yeah. and practices, yeah. what happened in Cuba for a couple of few decades uh, until mm -hmm. the fall of the Berlin Wall 
And the fact that uh, the Cuban government uh, under Castro regime realized that they could actually make money from uh, tourism based on the belief system and that there was an incredible interest and draw for it. But for 20 years, people were, their religious items were confiscated. They were jailed, thrown out of their workplaces. Uh, I was forbidden to talk about religious belief and everything else in Cuba for 20 years or more. So, the, the key, the key thing, and I'll, I'll we'll, we'll end on this point, perhaps, is again what we also want to show is that these indigenous belief systems, whether it be Ifaorisa, whether it be Vodum Fa, whether it be Enkisi, uh, whether it be uh, Hoodoo, whether it be uh, Shaman uh, Tuvan Shamanism, whether it be uh, Sangoma, uh, whether it be uh, you know uh, tribal traditions from Mozambique, Zanzibar, from any part of the world. Uh, we deal with truth, spirit, yeah. and 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 the spirit world is here to help us on our journey and our evolution. That's why we say in our show, "Life is the journey our ancestors began." It's not just a catchphrase, but it's the the no. ultimate truth of our existence on this world. Right? This for us in the Yoruba faith is the is the marketplace, our temporary abode. Much like Shamanes uh, Chukbar said that the dream state is the real state and the uh, live yeah. waking state is the is really the, the not real state, right? the secondary state. Um, and, mm -hmm. and it's important that one of the things that any ideology, and, and I want to acknowledge, you know, the Black Lives Matter and any, any group which is seeking recognition and respect of human life, Shamanism and all these belief systems, they're, they're, they're one of their core tenets and core tenets of our ancestors is the preservation of life, the respect of life, yes. black, mm -hmm. Asian, white, yes. any life, but especially in these systems where people like, you know, uh, uh, black people, African, Canadian, African-American and black people around the world are often, you know, uh, repressed and their rights are trampled on. In the places where other other situations where uh, because of communism, fascism, or any of the isms uh, that, you know, suppress because anything that challenges, anything that speaks truth for a lot of people is an inconvenience they cannot tolerate. And so that people, you know, understand that they're, that these belief systems offer mankind enlightenment and freedom, Absolutely. freedom. And and Absolutely. that freedom is what we're trying to defend. And that freedom is what we're trying to to send a message to all the ancestors that are hearing us tonight, wherever all the ancestors that are awakening, that we are here for you, and that you are will always be welcome in this show, and and that we invite you to step forward, to speak your truths, to practice your belief system, Absolutely. to honor the traditions for now and for future generations. I thank you Absolutely. all for your, for your uh, viewing and uh, participation, Shamaness, and uh, my co-host, Teresa. And my co-host, Jean-Jerome. Right. <laughs> Have a wonderful mm -hmm. evening, everybody. Good night. Yes. Good night. Um, thank you. So, uh, we're going to sign off now, I'm but the three of off. us are still going to talk a little bit. Yes, and we're going to sign off now. Okay. Bye.